Yeah, that that's yeah. that's scary. That's scary. You get you keep getting into this creepy zone, Mike. I thought we were having fun. Yeah. You fun stories. Yeah, I don't know, you know. <laughs> but hey, you know, we're in a serious business, man. It's not all fun and games. We went from weird to scary. So do you do you leave do you use Alexa in your house? Uh we have I mean, I mean, that's probably not some information I should just throw out there into <laughs> I mean, you know. Because I was, I was gonna head hey, to man. the neighbor's roof. How long, the laser. how long have I been in this business? I know, I know how to answer that. I mean, you know, that's between me and Amazon. That's what, between me and Amazon, right? I and Jeff Bezos. I <laughs> And I'm Michael Hill. And Mike, I got I got to tell you, there's a lot of times we run into issues with uh, cybersecurity risks and organizational priorities, right? What happens when those two? Hey, hey, co- Andrew, 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 what's the craziest thing you ever did in your uh, in your cybersecurity? <laughs> Which is a crazy? Just, just give me a crazy <laughs> story. Let's just talk crazy stories. <laughs> crazy story. You're going off track. Okay. Uh, crazy. All right, I'm with it. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. The craziest thing I ever did, uh, the craziest thing I ever did. I don't or know saw. that I can talk. Or the saw. craziest thing I ever saw. Uh, I could saw. I can tell you. I can. Hey, t- I can tell you the most embarrassing thing that I've ever seen in my cybersecurity. Oh, okay. A <laughs> uh, long time ago, when I was earning my bachelor's degree in cybersecurity, uh, one of the modules was learning uh you know standard cybersecurity tools things like you know wireshark uh <laughs> and uh i had a good protocol capture so you were you were capturing packets on the network okay that's fun all right let me, let me hear what'd you get what'd you get <laughs> so um i had a a good friend of the family's actually uh, had to stay with us um kind of a last minute type of deal and I had a project that I had to do some, you know, packet capturing with. And uh, without even thinking about it, uh, popped on my laptop, you know, late at night um, and, you know, did some of that packet capture and intending for it to just show some of the stuff that I had, like on my um, on my second laptop or on my phone um, and instead accidentally captured what uh our friend was uh was pulling down off the internet and it was not uh educational resources <laughs> we'll see oh snap <laughs> oh was, so, so you snoop somebody accidentally uh, i'll be honest with you i was very new right. at that i had i hadn't really played around with that stuff very much and i was trying to get a feel for it and it didn't even realize that it was something i could do and when it happened i went oh no <laughs> um, as soon as you saw the urls you kind of knew what was going on huh? i knew it wasn't me and i knew it wasn't wasn't the wife um and so uh and and, and i had a yeah the thing was yeah. i had it's i had you know i knew what the mac addresses were for uh for our hardware in the house and that wasn't one of them um so yeah it was oh, it was man. a little awkward I don't think I've ever brought that up um, with them. Yeah, that's that sounds awkward. All right, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. It was a good learning lesson. It was a good lesson learned, honestly. In like, be careful what you look for, right? (laughs) Because you can definitely find it. (laughs) 
Hey, you can definitely overturn some things, you know, some things yeah. that are, uh, yeah, yeah wish you had it. I mean, it's honestly, it's probably one of the reasons why I didn't get into forensics to be honest with you. Cause you know, the stuff that you can, <laughs> you just, know, even, true. even when you're not even trying to, the stuff you can pull out is, is whew, yeah. it's some you stuff. You can't unsee that stuff. You can't, you, see un- it, you can't, you can't change. It. Yeah. Your frame of a person can't change after stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I was, I okay, so I said, okay, yeah. so I shared mine. I shared mine. What, what you, you right. have a story. Wow. I, I don't you have, have a story any, you want to tell. I don't have anything like that. Really? I don't have anything <laughs> even close to that. No. But I, I, will, I will tell you uh, a really weird thing uh, that, that happened. Uh, it was when I was working with a very sensitive system, so I can't get into any details. But, um, you know, uh, I got this classified phone call. Uh, from counterintelligence asking us when we were hacked. And to our knowledge, we had never been hacked. <laughs> and then, you know, he had this information. And then when, when he realized that we never knew that we were hacked, that was the end of <laughs> their, their call. You know, and it was just one of those weird things. We had to go back and start looking. Right after that, we, we did a big refresh on the system. <laughs> but that was a weird call. Back when I worked as a uh, uh, security analyst for... Um a government agency. It's about as deep as I, as specific as I can get into it. Uh, I, I got an email that was an obvious phishing attempt, uh, asking for my username and password, uh, really my username and my pin. Um, and I was like, okay, this is obviously phishing. And it was to, uh, uh, you know, the organizational email. So it wasn't something that I was expecting to get from someone external. Um, even though that does happen. So I went to the, uh, to the, uh, security manager and I was like, Hey, is there any chance that we're, we're, we're under, we're under like a red team or a network penetration? Excuse me. Uh, and I asked her, is there any way, any way that we're in like a red team, uh, or we're under, like we're undergoing some kind of, you know, network penetration testing. And she goes, I I have no idea. So, Simulating everything. Yeah, right, attacks, right. right. So, uh, so I, I took a look at the email, saw the person's name, and hey, I was like, let me look at the the address list in Outlook, you know, to see if like anything pops up. And sure enough, the guy's first name and last name uh, popped up, and I w- and and had an email address. Uh, I then went ahead and Googled that email address, uh, and it just so happened to tie to a network penetration team. Uh, uh, a member's LinkedIn profile. They, oh, so okay. Their email address showed what organization they worked for within uh, this government agency. And I was able to search that on LinkedIn and found out that it was in fact somebody who was trying to, you know, obviously, you know, fish me. Um, and I thought that was hilarious because I was like, why on earth would you choose your real name as your right. <laughs> make anything up, right? Make why, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, you know, why not use a pseudo account? Like, if somebody in the IT help desk or something, why would you put your real first name and last name? <laughs> and, and, and on top of that, why, why does he have all this information? And, in and on top of that, and on top of that, <laughs> you know, why would I mean, have- you, you were able to basically. <laughs> You 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 were able basically able. To, I could have probably uh, social engineered. I could have backwards, you know, social yeah, engineered this guy yeah. to give me more info that he ever wanted to. Pull. And it was yeah. it, he was very obviously like a junior, yeah, exactly. you know, uh, 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 pen tester. But 
it struck me as funny you that think? I was like, hey, man, you got to be careful the way you go. You got to follow some methodology behind your, your, your pen testing. You can't just shoot yeah. some stuff off out in the blind oh, and man. not expect someone to be, you know, hey, I'm just going to Google this person's email address and see what I find. You know, <laughs> I mean, especially right. having your organization that's, in that, it's, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, that, that, that's just another yeah. one that, that struck that's me as like, yeah, I've seen some silly stuff. That's one of the more silly ones for sure. <laughs> but you know what, though? There are some really weird cybersecurity uh, cyber stories out there. In fact, Avast has a, 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 a interesting page on their um, blog from just a, a few weeks back. The 12 weirdest cybersecurity stories you haven't heard about. The 12? <laughs> the 12 that we haven't heard about. Okay. Yeah. But I'm interested. I want to All see right, so like, let's take the, a look at this Avast article. Let's take a look. Yeah, let, let, let's see. So the weirdest cybersecurity stories you have in here. All right. The first one on the list, uh, forget thumb drives, meet the leg drive. It's a, a new device about the size of a pack of gum called peg leg is meant to be surgically inserted into your leg. Any Wi-Fi enabled device can access it. And the device can store hundreds of gigabytes of data. This would allow the embedded user to bootleg data into another country i'm gonna have to i'm sorry i'm gonna have to ask you to leave sir you can't you can't make that kind of a pun and get away with it there's no way <laughs> it's terrible isn't it uh, you're pulling my leg mike there's no... <laughs> all right you know so, we're both okay, dead so, so excuses for our dad jokes yeah, so so, th- so, so there, there's an, so there's a device out there now that can fit inside someone's fake leg or someone's leg. Okay. No, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's actually it's surgically installed into your actual leg. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's that's, not, uh, it's, it's, it's basically first generation cyborg technology. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, I, I mean, you know, you know, go, augmentation with, uh, electronic augmentation is, is not that far away really. Right. It, you know, if, if Elon Musk does have anything to say about it, it is right around the corner. It's definitely something that I wonder how 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 less weird that's going to be in a decade. Stories like that, well, that you know, it, it's going to be I, more I, commonplace, I think right? That's really the point. I, yeah. I think that's really kind of the point. You know, I mean, uh, Google, Google Glass kind of wants people's glasses to be, you know, uh, mm-hmm. an extension of their body that gives them, you know, uh, detailed metrics on whatever they happen to look at. You look at it, and you get you know, all the data. So the idea of having something like that actually surgically embedded into you or, or feeding right into your brain, you know, that, that, that's next gen technology that people are already investigating right now. So it's weird right now, but maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe won't yeah, be like, maybe a decade for sure. I mean, like we're already cyborged out, right? Like, you know, my, uh, uh, my grandfather has a pacemaker, right? You know, that's definitely, you know, a certain, a very minimal level of, you know, of technology, uh, you know, interfacing with, yeah. uh, organic material, but yeah, that's going to be of a greater concern. Uh, you know, I, I, I do know of a, a bunch of white papers and stuff out there that, that kind of specifically talk about, you know, the dangers ahead, essentially, right? You know, tw- 10, 20 years down the road, uh, this type of stuff is going to cause lots of headaches. You're right. How about uh, the, the next one on the list? Uh, ransomware victim hacks back. So after paying his ransomware attacker uh, 670 euros, Tobias Fromel, I'm probably butchering his name. He sought revenge <laughs> hacking uh, into the hack into the attacker's command and control center, generating decryption keys for all the other victims who'd suffered the same attack. Oh, and he explained uh, to, to Bleeping Computer that he was able to pull from the attacker's server the hardware IDs for each of the 2,858 
victims stored in the service database, along with each victim's unique dis- d- decrypted wow. key. Wow. So, so what do you think about this guy? This guy's, yeah, a, guy's hero, a hero. Right? Yeah. I mean, it reminds me actually of uh, of the uh, gentleman who just hacked uh, North Korea back. I don't know if you, you I, I don't want, I don't, I don't know a ton no, of details about that. It's been a story I'm trying to do some research on, but uh, he essentially was, uh, was uh, the victim of an attempted attack uh, and uh, was able to kind of use some of the same, you know, tactics as I'm sure this gentleman did uh, to find out a lot more information on these scammers uh, than they were ever willing to give up. Um, and in part, like found a bunch of different uh, victims uh, and their their contact information actually reached out to them and told them, hey, you know, that money you sent off to, you know, that person, it's actually not a real person, you know. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's I think the more technologically uh, uh, knowledgeable people get, I think you're going to start to see more and more of these stories kind of pop up because the, the some of these attackers, some of these uh, these um, bad actors, they're not as sophisticated as you might think at first glance, well, right? That that's really the thing, you know. I mean, uh, when I'm when I'm teaching uh, cyber classes, one thing I always tell my students about is is the cycle, the life the life cycle of uh, new emerging vulnerabilities and threats and, and, and attacks. Uh, and th- there's a point, you know, right around the zero day where only highly sophisticated threat agents can do anything to you. Uh, but then, you know, those more sophisticated threat agents don't want to do it manually, so they write code to do it. And eventually, after they've written a little app to to, to do the hack that they've identified, uh, then they stick it out in the dark web and give it to everybody else. And eventually, over over time, you know, it's something that anybody with access to uh, these Tor websites can access. They can basically pull down the hack. And now they don't have to have the skill set to create the hack. To they just need to press a button. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, honestly, I mean, I hate to get serious when we're talking about fun stuff, but, you know, that's the reason why it's so important to keep your software baseline, uh, security baseline up to date, because, you know, a uh, vulnerability that is brand spanking new, there are only a handful of people that can exploit it. But uh, as time goes on, any idiot can can attack uh, that vulnerability. How how about this one? Uh, Crimes of the heart online. The FBI's crime, uh, cybercrime report found uh, that the second costliest category of crime behind only compromised business email was confidence and romance fraud, uh, with a 2018 cost of $363 million. Uh, the scams happened 18,493 times that year, uh, an average of 50 times a day. Uh, people basically... You know, taking Those poor lonely hearts. lonely hearts. Goodness. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's, that's more of a sad. That's sad. That, no, no, you said this was fun. That made me sad. It's just people looking for love, and they're getting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just move. You know, what, on. You know, what's you know what's a better list? a better one in keeping in the same almost kind of line? Do you remember what was it? It was mm, three years ago or so that uh, adult friend finder hack. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I think. I, yeah. What? I think I had something on that. Yeah. 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 That, that was a big. You know what? It's funny. You know? My wife had a friend whose significant other was a part of that and and was exposed. Oh, no. <laughs> it, yeah. it was. It was not fun. No, it was not fun. It was one of those. Uh, uh, let me just see. Let me just. I'm just going to check because because I, I just want to see. And sure enough, they had found. Um, 
their name and it was yeah not fun times uh for them after that uh, and it was something like 600 i mean it was it was in the millions of records i think that got exposed and i I don't know you know hey you got to be careful what you put out there i mean right i mean and it goes back to this too right like any anybody that you meet online or any entity that you interact with whether it be uh an individual or an organization uh, or a government agency, even you have to be kind of careful what you're putting out there, and that you ha- you have to have some kind of trust in the in in the source, right? Yeah. And and I tell you, a lot of people put way too much trust in in Google Chrome's what was it incognito mode. <laughs> you may be in the so-called incognito mode, but every there's still a for, for, for anybody who's watching this or listening to this right now, <laughs> incognito mode does not make you invisible. It absolutely does not work it that way. <laughs> Not at your, all. Your, internet, still internet service, absolutely your internet service provider knows exactly who you are, knows exactly what website you're going to. Uh, even even people who use VPNs, not 100% secure there either. Incognito mode is not yeah. the way to go. Yeah, it, it just takes care of your local. It doesn't take care of any in, any of your, your, your uh, ripples into the cyberspace. All right, how okay. about this one? Uh, it, they said, happy birthday, Facebook. Your money's no good. Well, it says. I think, uh, I, re- I, re- I think I know this one. I think I remember this. Oh, you know? Uh, it's a Facebook turned 15, celebrating the milestone uh, with total monthly users of, of around uh, 2.32 billion. The birthday and user base provided little protection from controversy. Uh, the social media giant announced its own digital currency, Libra, and experienced major pushback within hours as policymakers around the world voiced concerns. It could heavily disrupt. The global financial system. Yeah, I, 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 remember, I do love the idea that um, uh, Meta now, right? Meta, uh, or that yeah, it, meta, that a company right. is so ubiqu- is so vital for a specific service they provide that they can suddenly create their own global currency and cause governments like real, you know, real, yeah, real stuff to go. Hang on a second. Wait a minute. You can't just make up monopoly money and say, that's the new thing. Like, that's not how this is going to work. But, <laughs> but the crazy thing is we, we live in the world of crypto and the question comes back to you. Why not? I, you know, so mm-hmm. it, 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 this, is, this is a real next gen controversial situation. I mean, you know, we're not talking just Bitcoin, Ethereum and Dodge, a Dogecoin. I mean, you know, if a major player that's as broad based as Meta uh, were to really push something like this hard, you know, that would certainly have some uh, global economic It impacts. does have impact for sure. And there's been governments that have, you know, uh, instituted, you know, or have allowed, you know, certain cryptocurrency uh, to become their, their, their fiat. I think Venezuela recently did that. Um, they're, they're few and far between, but yeah, it's going to cause, it's going to be interesting going to the future. I, I think we definitely need to do a, f- a future episode about it. We're talking about cryptocurrency yeah, and cybersecurity and all of that because it's it's a it's a yeah. the minefield. It, it really is. It, it it is. You know. Well, y- you know me and my my other life uh, as as an economics buff. Um, I spent a lot of time in my book talking about what money is and what money isn't. And you know, really, crypto is just a more honest version of what all money is. <laughs> but I'll leave it at that. Um. This one, this next one kind of uh, uh, seems more creepy than weird. This is a sleazy cop shut down and busted on the world stage. Germany fined a police officer 
$1,500 for looking up the, a driver's mobile number using their license plate information and then calling them for personal reasons. <laughs> that, now you talk about abuse of authority. That is some abuse of authority for sure. They only yeah, find him $1,500? I mean, the cop is my stalker. Think about that. The cop is my stalker. Well, yeah, that's yeah only $1,500 for that. Only $1,500. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely crazy. Not, but think about it. I mean, the, the privacy laws in the EU are crazy. The idea that that's all he was fined is, is nuts. I mean, the uh, uh, privacy laws in Europe are way, way mm-hmm. more strict than here. And here you have someone, you know, who has authority, access to the, you know, um, driver's database, can actually match plates with, with phone numbers and trying to get a hookup. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's more over here that's a lo- lot more prevalent, I think, is uh, you hear about Uber drivers, you know, calling people, yeah. um, texting people after their rides, you know, now and, and you know, there's there's people who take Uber rides to their, you know, to their home, you know, and now, you know, you have people who have your home address um, and there's certainly been in- instances where that's been abused. That's actually something that we talk a lot about in cybersecurity, right? When we talk about like privileged users, yeah, right? That cop absolutely. is a privileged user. He has privileged access to sensitive yeah. information. There's there, there's yeah. a way to address that, of course, but pe- creeps are going to be creeps, right? I, they're, you know, there's, there's, creeps. Yeah. And, and you know, when the, when the creep has a gun, he's extra creepy. It's super creepy. <laughs> so that's a whole other level. It's, it's one of those things where you go back to, you know, your... I go back to, you know, when we were doing, you know, uh, security architecture or even like, you know, policy development for organizations and you go, well, that's a factor you have to, you know, institute kind of at the ground level where whoever your, uh, that goes into your hiring practices, that goes into your onboarding, um, that goes into your, you know, annual, uh, training, uh, you know, who has access to what and what is proper use of, uh, that access, um, what's proper use of that information. Because yeah, you can gain access to someone's full name and social security number and their address, but unless it's done, it's being utilized for the following pur- authorized purposes. You shouldn't be touching it. All right, but let's look at another one of these. Okay, uh, get, get, get 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 fun again. This is getting creepy. I don't like the creepy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting a little serious <laughs> now. But how about this one? Criminals use AI to impersonate a CEO's voice. Uh, a UK-based energy mm-hmm. firm was mm-hmm. scammed out of a quarter million dollars when criminals targeted the company with an effective vishing campaign. Vishing is a short- Vishing, right? right? Yeah, voice vishing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, voice vishing. So uh, this tactic is is for tricking targets over the phone and the incident marked the first time uh, of an uh, AI-based fraud that netted a high payload according to uh, the next web. But I I tell you, that's actually not weird, but kind of interesting because Last summer, my daughter, she, she, she was a high school freshman at the time, or sophomore, sophomore. She had a, um, a, a summer project uh, working with uh, AI to develop a system that would uh, analyze uh, behavior analytics in voice recognition uh, so as to uh, match uh, voice parameters to uh, mood and, and emotional states. Uh, the, the point is, uh, there is open source AI technology out there for voice analytics mm-hmm. and uh, duplication that is, is very sophisticated. Yeah, deep faking voices, right? That's that's essentially what it is, right? You can deep fake. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you can deep fake someone on video. Um, you, you, there's there's depending on who does it. You know, 
it's it's passable yeah, or not. Actually, I think, but you know, I, I think they 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 voice fake. They use AI to voice fake Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian uh, when when they de-aged him because his really his, his current voice is a little bit too gravelly. Oh, did they so, use? Oh, uh, they used they used that same technology to yeah. make uh, Mark Hamill sound more like he did back in sound the sound young again. Interesting. Exactly. So that is actually yeah. kind of it, scary it, because it, imagine. I mean, just as a as a private citizen, imagine getting a call, especially as you know, a senior citizen, right? Imagine getting a call from a family member asking for for money, um, and that person's voice sounding enough like, you know, that person's family member. You recognize it, but you recognize the voice. If so you, you recognize you know, it, as far as you're concerned. Yeah, this yeah. is them. You know, you know. Yep. You you know you know it's them. You know, the, and forget, the, the forget just is, the family yeah. members. Even if you look at the co- you know companies as a whole, you can have you know. Like that, like they did with this, some CEO call, you know, somebody and say, Hey, I want, I want this amount of money sent to this, you know, supplier, um, at this address. And they go, okay, you know, it's, it's, it sounds right. You know, the, my yeah. caller ID says it's them, right? <laughs> Cause we, we know there's ways to yeah. spoof, you know, caller ID. Uh, so I guess that's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's scary. That's scary. You get you keep getting Maybe. into this creepy zone, Mike. I thought we were having fun. Yeah. You said fun stories. Yeah, I don't know, you know. <laughs> but hey, you know, we're in a serious business, man. It's not all fun and games. All right, we'll, we'll do one more. One more. Okay. Um, all right. Hacking Ale- hacking Alexa and Siri with lasers. Uh, University of Michigan hmm. researchers demonstrated how to hack smart speakers versus uh, via lasers, and uh, ultimately climbed. To the top of a bell tower, the University of Michigan, and successfully controlled Google Home devices on the fourth floor of an office building 230 feet away. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, that one's scary again. <laughs> <laughs> that's more scary stuff. I was going to say it was scary again. I was going to say you're telling me too many scary stories. Right. <laughs> yeah, we went from weird to scary. So, do you do you leave? Do you use Alexa in your house? Uh, we have, I mean, I mean, that's probably not some information I should just throw out there into, the <laughs> I mean, you know, cause I was, I was going to head hey, to man, the neighbor's room. How, long, the how long have I been in this business? I know, I know how to answer that. I mean, you know, that's between me and Amazon, <laughs> that's what, between me and Amazon, right? I and Jeff you, Bezos. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and of course they're listening 24 seven. Otherwise, how would they know when you say, Hey, Alexa, <laughs> you know, here's the, uh, yeah. here's the the, 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 the major concern with having devices like that, uh, just from always like, on, let, always let alone uh, having them being hacked in these kind of, um, uh, these, these, I'm just going to say it, it's kind of cool, honestly, that they were able to do that with a laser. I, I would assume that there is a, uh, intensity of that laser, uh, in a certain, and probably a specific port or optical, you know, heart piece of hardware in there that, you know, gave them some kind of control over it. But the problem is a lot of people put that echo device or, you know, Amazon Alexa in charge of their home security. We talked a little, a little while ago about the internet of things and the more things that you put onto the internet, the more exposure you're going to have. And especially when you take something like that, that can be hacked with a laser. And you give it that much control yeah. over your, you know, smart home. That's definitely something to be concerned with, and something that you need to, you know, general consumers should probably be more knowledgeable about, right? Because that, that that's that's always the struggle in our business. That's actually the reason why I switched over from implementation of programming and designing and engineering stuff to being in cybersecurity. Because in, as an industry, 
what we can do has outpaced what we should do uh, so much faster. There's so many different things that we're doing now that it's like, uh, wow, you know, we can do this. Let's do it. Oh, we can do that. Let's do that. And oh, we can we don't need to do it. Do this anymore. We can just do that. And instead of thinking about, OK, what's the, the risk side of that? What's the back end of that? What are we exposing as we put more and more and more things out there? It, it, this is just a perfect case. You sound like Ian Malcolm now. Put they were so upset yeah. with the idea that they yeah. could that they never stopped to think whether or not they should. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Straight out of Jurassic Park. You know, you got yeah, it. No, yeah. But anyway, you know, it's, it's fun to just stop and, and take a look at some of the things that are out here and, and, and just – just see how it fits into our, our business. So sorry to take you off the topic of what we yeah, started you, talking you, about. When so we you definitely yeah. threw me for a loop because you said this would be fun and now I'm really creeped out. So I know, I know of a story <laughs> that is actually a lot more fun because, because, right, because, because you, you, listen, it happened listen, a while ago, but also it is kind of cool. So, uh, Stuxnet, right. It's like the granddaddy of all like, you know, malicious worms yeah. and all of that. So, uh, we yeah. all know today that it was like, you know, the intel agencies from like United States and, and Israel, right, that were responsible for uh, basically breaching yeah. Iranian allegedly. nuclear facilities. We say allegedly. We say allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, right? The leading theory is. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, the Iranian nuclear facilities were breached, right? Um, so uh, aside from right. like uh, the actual uh, virus uh, that, that was uh installed onto the systems of these nuclear facilities um, that made the centrif- uh, uh, that made the, the centrifuges go to uh, go faster, I believe, uh, than they should have. And over time, they wore out, which caused physical damage. They got a lot of sensitive information. But here's the best part. This is one of my favorite things that? that they did. They also okay. put in some protocols that played ACDC's Thunderstruck over the PA system of the nuclear facility at random intervals. They did it over <laughs> they did it over the PA system and then they would set it on uh, ind- as each individual workstation got infected by the worm. Uh, part of that uh, protocol was for them to just play ACDC Thunderstruck at full volume at random intervals. <laughs> so, uh, you know, who says you can't, you know, hack for good and also have a little fun? Right. (laughs) That's one of my favorite stories, though, because it's just like imagine being on the other side of that and seeing your nuclear facility being a victim of a breach. And all of a sudden you hear thunderstruck. You know, it's 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 funny. It's very funny. It's definitely something I think I would do. Um, we got to see if we get fair, fair use of that, you know, of, of maybe three seconds of that. To <laughs> Less than 30 seconds. Uh, right, right, but yeah, right. no, that, man, anyway. I, you know what? That's the greatest thing. That's the, the thing I love about cybersecurity in this industry is that it is very serious uh, yeah. a, a lot of the time. But we touch but, Man, there's some really we, weird stuff that comes we out of it, isn't it? Like, especially as like yeah. Yeah, everything becomes that. a little bit more pervasive into, into just the human you know, experience. There's a lot of weird stuff that comes out out of <laughs> out of this yeah. out of this realm. The thing is, also by, by looking at these different angles, it, it opens up you know uh, the mindset of okay, there are so, there's an infinite number of ways that information systems can be mm-hmm. compromised. It's not just you know a, a SQL injection or or, or, or some you know uh, 
you know, you didn't patch and therefore some obvious thing. There's a lot of different ways. So it's, it's fun to kind of take a minute and look at some of these stories and, and it just, absolutely. Well, folks, I, I think that's where we're going to call it for today. Check out the show's notes today uh, for all of the references that we used for this episode. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe the podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Andrew Valencia. And I'm Michael Hill. Remember, stay safe, be secure, be sure. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>